What's up guys? Welcome to the Isaac Hutch SNC podcast. My name is Isaac and I started this podcast because I believe that people shouldn't be content with being weak, injured and in pain. So I'm here to give you guys all my tips and strategies and things I've learned over the years to get you out of pain and back to doing the things that you love. What is up guys? Welcome to the Isaac Hutch SNC podcast where today we're going to be talking on something that is quite personal to myself, which is how to fix patellar tendinopathy. So this is quite personal to me uh, because I struggled with patellar tendinitis um, at a pretty young age. I was about 16 or 17 uh, when I really started to get it bad. Um, and this was just an overuse injury from lots and lots of basketball, not knowing particularly how to train in the gym. Um, jumping off the same leg every single time, not equaling out my um, my different jumps um, and really just overusing the, the one leg, placing way too much load on it over time. So uh, the patellar tendon, which is the tendon that spans across the front of the knee, commonly this is the, the tendon that gets pain when people are talking about knee pain. It can be also known as jumper's knee. Um, so really common in sports like basketball and volleyball. Uh, so ways that you can tell if you your knee pain is patellar tendinopathy is through just some general movement and load screening. So first thing you would do is um, do a body weight squat. If that's really easy, you can try and do a single leg squat, just testing out if there is pain. Um, usually with any sort of tendinopathy, or definitely with any sort of tendinopathy, pain comes from when you are moving. When you are lying or sitting, usually the the, well, the load is taken out, so usually there isn't any pain as a tendinopathy is a load intolerance type injury. So uh, if you get pain while moving, you might want to do some further tests just to uh, determine that it is definitely patellar tendinopathy. But first things you would do, would be to do some tuck jumps. So do a set of 10 tuck jumps, jumping up and down just with two legs. If you still find that easy, you can progress to a single leg variation, but most people with patellar tendon- tendinopathy will um, feel the pain after the 10 jumps. So if the pain gets worse, but stays localized to the front of the kneecap rather than sp- um, spreading throughout the knee, then you know that you have patellar tendinopathy. So we're gonna talk about a little bit of a rebuild plan that um, I've done a lot of research on, I've used on myself, um, just in terms of getting back from uh, being in pain to you know getting back to doing the things that you like, whether that is you know sport or you just want to go you know through your life without having any worry about knee pain. So the first thing that you got to consider is balancing your work and exercise um, with your rest time. When people commonly get injuries, they get um, probably they probably go one or two ways. So first thing would be they get told by the doctors or the physios or whatever that they can't, you know, um, work out anymore, or maybe they just can't touch their lower body. They're not allowed to squat, um, and this leads to issues, especially with um, tendon injuries, as they are overuse injuries. So how they happen is, you know, we place so much load on um, on the the specific joint or tendon that we overload it for more than it's actually capable of handling. So the body responds by giving us this pain. And so essentially we're just going past its threshold of load. So if we stop training our lower body, then our threshold or our capacity for that tendon actually lowers as we stop training. So then when we try to go back to training or doing whatever it is that we do, whether that's a sport, then we're actually at a much level, lower level of capacity. So therefore it's actually, we get into pain easier. It won't take as long or as much load to feel that, you know, patella tendon pain again. And then the opposite way is, 
um, people just try and push through it. They just push through pain thinking it's, you know, a part of what it is for training, but then their tendons just degenerate even more. So the important part is you have to obviously switch up your lifestyle and your training to make sure that we're still working out those um, tendons but not pushing them to a point of pain so they actually heal up. So I'm gonna take you through um, sort of a three-phase plan with a few different steps in it that I um, I use and that I've researched into heavily. So phase one is essentially your rebuilding stage. So this is where probably you see the most change from your regular training. Um, essentially, you might have to strip back a few things, take it a bit lighter, um, just so that you can let those tendons rebuild. So the first step would be just rolling your quads and your, your ITBs, like your lateral quads, really just loosening them up. So if your quads are tight, they're going to pull on the patella tendon and make it a lot um, stiffer. If we can just loosen up, just makes it a lot easier um, to work on those other things and making sure that's not an issue. So step two would be improving your ankle and hip mobility. So firstly, we want to do this because um, how joints work. Essentially, if we have tightness or weakness in um, a joint, it can cause a compensation leading to injury in the uh, an adjacent joint. So essentially, because the, the hips and the ankles are adjacent to the knee, um, in terms of how you look at joints in the body, they um, if they are tight or they are weak, then they can cause a compensation, which will lead to more load on the patella tendon, um, and therefore can lead to that overuse injury. So for example, if the, um, you know, the Achilles and the, the soleus and the gastroc muscles in the, in the calf are really tight, then there's not as much, um, essentially you can't load, you can't absorb load as well through those muscles and therefore it will go into the patella tendon, putting more of a strain on it. Um, as well, having really, um, having really mobile ankles and hips allows for you know deeper squatting position deeper lunges all those things which allows to train our quads better which can help stabilize the knee so step three now is improving stability and this just isn't knee stability we want to start with the feet first so we want to make sure we have a nice stable platform when we're doing any sort of weight training or just generally in terms of our, our life as well um, so doing things like single leg balances you know weighted around the worlds uh, what else? Yeah, single leg toe touches. Things where it, they challenge your stability and your balance on a um, single leg are really important for this. So I have a few videos on my um, Instagram in reels I did on my ankle sprain series. So check those out if you want some feet stability stuff. Next as well, we also want stable knees. So this involves doing things that are going to train the quads. So in this portion, so we're still in this phase one of the rebuild process, uh, the knee is still not very load tolerance. So we can't really train big ranges with heavy loads. So we need to find smaller exercises with less load that we can um, use to train our knee stability. So this can be things like um, a polyquin step up, a, a single leg box touchdown, um, terminal knee extensions with a band, all stuff that you can um, look up or I can link in the show notes. Um, things where we're training through a small range with at a higher rep range, so you know, sort of four to five sets of 20 to 25 reps around that range. So you're getting in lots of volume in a small range to sort of help build up that quad so we can stabilize the knee. Also really important as well is um, stabilizing the glutes, um, especially the glute meds, so the ones on the side. So doing things like sideline clamps, sideline side abductions, um, lateral banded walks, things like that that are gonna build up the glutes and get them firing, make them super active.
Then step four is isometric. So this comes back to what we we're talking about before with the uh, tendons becoming load intolerant and that's what causes pain. So what isometrics allows to do is actually train the tendon, but not actually put that sheer load on it and cause it pain, but actually still build up its capacity. So the first one that I like to start with is a wall sit. And it's a really simple one. So you don't need any equipment. So you're putting it back against the wall. We've already all probably seen a wall sit before, but yeah, back against the wall, um, feet out a bit further from the wall. Um, we want the knees at about 90 degree knee bend. And essentially we're just gonna hold this position for five sets of 45 seconds. And this should be tough 45 seconds. Uh, we don't want it to be easy. So you can progress it in a few different ways. So you can add load to your knees. So putting a plate or a dumbbell or something like that on your legs or whatever you have around the house. If you're not at the gym, then you can go to a single leg variation as well to make it a bit harder. And then um, finally you can add load to the single leg variation just as you would to the uh, two foot variation. The, um, so the reason we do five sets of 45 seconds is because um, it's the research shows that to actually have an adaptive change in the tendon, you need to be working at about 70% of its max capabilities. And so the combination of load and intensity at that five sets of 45 seconds um, is sort of what gets it to that 70% of its max capabilities. Uh, so after you've done a wall sit, I also like to do a single leg leg extension hold. So you can use a leg extension machine if you're at a gym with machines like that. Otherwise, you can just hook a band around your feet and they'll just resist off each other. But what this does, it just works the isometric at a different position. So um, while you're in a wall sit, you're holding in a bent knee position. While if you're uh, doing a leg extension, you're holding your leg in with the, all the loads when it's at a, a straight leg position. So when the knee's locked out and so we're working at both ends of the spectrum there. So that's why we like to do that. Then our pain should actually decrease over the five sets uh, for both these exercises. Uh, we also want to make sure that we are progressing both these exercises over time. So we should be doing them every second day, if not every single day, um, but we need to make sure we're progressing. So this means adding more load, um, to both exercises via, you know, a dumbbell on the legs for the wall sit or, you know, using a heavier band for the single leg leg extension because we're trying to build up the capacity of our tendons. So using more load over time is what is going to do that. So those are our four steps of phase one and I'll just quickly recap those. So that's rolling your quads, ITBs and your lateral quads, improving your ankle and hip mobility improving your stability of your feet, knees, and glutes, and then your isometric hold. So those are the four steps. After you've done those for a little while and you can start to feel that your pain is decreasing, then you can move into phase two, which is returning to isotonics. So isotonics are your actual normal movements, one where you're moving through a range. So um, today we're gonna to be just talking about squats and split squats as our uh, two movements. So when starting these, we need to not just jump straight back into the heavy weights. We want to still keep the loads low on those tendons as their capacity may, may not be there yet to handle those heavier shear loads. So this might mean even starting with body weight. For example, with the squat, you'd start with a body weight squat, then progress to a goblet squat. Then you would go to a bar after you've done that for a little while. For both these exercises, you want to start with a tempo. So tempo just means longer time under tension where you have a count um, for each phase of the movement. For the tempo, I think we should mostly be concerned about the lowering phase and the bottom position as this is where most people feel their pain. So I would say 
um, for both the squat and the split squat, start with a four second down, two second pause in the bottom for both movements. Um, so you wanna start with about four sets of 15 for both exercises. Do this for a couple of weeks, then you can reduce the, the reps to 12, then do that for a couple more weeks um, to, to uh, 10, then go to eight, and then go to six. After you get to six, that's when we can start taking down the tempo a bit to increase that load. So as the reps decrease and then as the tempo decreases, this is how we increase the load of the exercises and we can bring the patella joint, sorry, patella tendon uh, back to its sort of normal capacity. Uh, so essentially that's just about following a linear process. There's no um, magic about it. It's just about sort of sticking to the process, not pushing yourself through pain. Um, and yeah, essentially building those tendons back up to their capacity. So after following this pretty simple linear progression, they should be feeling really good again. You shouldn't have any pain in your patella tendon when performing any of those movements. Um, and the next phase is sort of an optional phase. So really it's re the return to plyometrics. So it's only for people who uh, may be into running or they do any jumping or play any sports that involve jumping. So this would be for them. The highest loads that are placed on the quad and patella tendon um, occur when the tendons are actually used as a spring. So this is when they are using those plyometric movements. So if you're looking to return to sports, jumping, uh, running, whatever it is, I'd recommend a few exercises to start off. The first would be a box depth drop or a, a drop jump, whatever you want to call it. So essentially starting on a box or a stack of plates, whatever it is, about six to eight inches high. And essentially you're going to just step one foot off and drop onto the ground. When we drop, we don't want to just hit the ground really stiff. We want to absorb the force. So thinking about um, as soft landing as possible, you shouldn't be able to hear your feet hit the ground um, as you sort of squat as you hit the ground to absorb that force. So we want to do two to three sets of 20 landings just to really build up the capacity of those uh, tendons. If you feel really great after doing these the next day, you can progress it when you next go to do them. Uh, firstly, you can progress by going up in height, so building up to a taller box, um, and then you can also progress to single leg landings as well. Along with these box depth jumps, I would also include uh, pogo jumps. So um, just small little hops, mostly going through the ankle, not much knee bend, um, very little time spent on the floor, trying to think about being very springy. Uh, so three sets of 15 is probably a good starter for these. If you wake up um, with some pain, maybe you need to decrease. So only doing sort of five to 10, um, or maybe if they felt really good, then you can up to doing 20 jumps per set. Uh, again, the load can be increased by going to a single leg variation of these. You'd want to do these exercises probably every third day or maybe just once a week to start. Uh, and then as you progress over time, if you're playing sports, you'd be looking to get to every second day with these. Then after doing these for a few weeks or months, uh, then you can start returning to those uh, sort of more maximal plyometric, plyometrics like your tuck jumps, box jumps, things of that nature. So that pretty much sums up my three phase plan, guys. So just going over a little recap of the whole thing. Firstly, not just completely resting or working through pain. You gotta balance that work rest so you actually build up the capacity of your tendons, not lower it and then just have more pain when you come back. Then phase one, you got four steps. You gotta roll your quad and your lateral quad, improve your ankle and hip mobility, improve the stability of your feet, knees, and glutes, and then do lots of isometrics um, for your patella tendons, those wall sits and those single leg extension holds. After that, you're returning to your isotonics. So this is your squats and your lunges. Start with really light weight, um, really light loads. 
um, and a high tempo. So, you know, four seconds down, two seconds at the bottom is what we talked about. And um, yeah, really high reps. And then as you progress to lower reps, then reduce the tempo, get heavier. Then if you're looking to return to sport, that's when you try do those plyometrics that we just talked about. All right, guys, I hope you found this helpful. If you have quad or patella tendon pain, give this a crack. If you have any questions about it, please DM me at Isaac Hutchinson on Instagram. Otherwise, guys, check out my free guide to training uh, to get injury free on Instagram. It's in my bio. Um, you can get there, download it, guys. It's really helpful. Uh, otherwise, I will see you on the next one.